Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Louder than the belt of Patty Lapone, it's Unsung Heroes. My voice yeah, acting okay. is sensational. That's amazing. You you should consider a career in um you know vocal performance or um, podcast making. Have you has anyone told you thought, asked you about that? What about using my voice to to make money? Yeah, or like recording a podcast or something. Um, yeah, someone mentioned it once, but I think it's a bit weird to be honest. So I wouldn't dare. Um, <laughs> hello, welcome hello. to another fantastic and highly anticipated episode of Unsung Heroes, our every now and then segment where Tommy and I wage war against each other in a battle of wits and musical prowess. and poorly established improvisational skills. Exactly. We're experienced in that. (laughs) Zip. I'm... I'm nervous, Jimmy. It's a really nerve-wracking thing. These were the... This is exactly where I was last time. My heart was going. I I was sweating. This is no good. Uh, So, Jimmy has a a real show this time, and he's going to give me, what, an... intentionally vague bits and pieces of it? I yep. guess I don't know. Indeed, I'm going to give you the title of the show, I'm going to give you a couple of the the hit songs um, along the way, and you're going to tell me all about it. Because I'm a musical theatre expert. Exactly. You will be able to glean. <laughs> I mean, well, last time it was quite interesting. You know what I mean? I came quite close to a lot of the real yeah? stuff. Um, yeah? I may have intentionally picked songs that are completely ambiguous. So... <laughs> You may not do the exact same, but hey, we'll see. This is the most unfair competition. It truly is. It really, really, truly is. But, <laughs> oh well, I'm excited. That's what makes it fun. Yep, I love a good power This feels like a great power trip, especially compared to, <laughs> compared to last time, where I was literally sweating. We uh-huh. suffer for our art, people. We That's really true. do. We do. Every day. <laughs> okay, Tommy, are you ready? I'm, I was born ready. Okay. It's quite a short title. Okay. Yeah? Are you ready for it? I'm, I'm ready. Okay, Tommy. I want you to tell me all about the musical called Rob Roy. The, oh, of course, Rob Roy. I've, you know, Jimmy, this one is a deep cut with me. I experienced this, um, I must have been, oh, I don't know, four or five. Um, right. And I was, my grandma was babysitting me. And she has this old, like, hand-crank gramophone um, that she used. We called it Grandma's Gramophone. Clever title. I was clever That's from a cute. young age. You were, you were punning from a really... Uh, this is amazing. And one of her most well-worn vinyls was of Rob Roy. Um, oh, I love it. One of those golden oldies from uh, the 1920s. And it was, it was a hand-cranked gramophone, so uh-huh. I, might, I might know some of the songs a little slower than, um, you know, you do. But... Rob Roy, of course, he's that old train conductor, Rob Roy, um, who was, uh, he was on one of the first locomotives um, to have 16 wheels. They called it 16 Wheel Bertha. Yeah. Yeah. And Rob Roy was the good old conductor of old old 16 Wheel Birth. you know, because it had a 16-wheel berth, too. So that's why 16-wheel ah, Bertha. That, and makes, it was, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. Exactly. It's very clever. Um, and Rob Roy, Rob Roy was the first conductor to pilot Bertha all the way from New York to Philadelphia. Um, wow. Because it was the 1920s. And, you know, we didn't have the rest of the country by that point. I know exactly um, how long that is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's as long as, interestingly enough, it's about as long as the show. This is a um, unity of time uh, uh, experience here. So it, it, it's very on the 20th century, but, uh-huh. you know, from last century. So is this where 24 got their inspiration of doing it just in real time? Absolutely. They did, stole it I from Rob Roy. I heard that. I did hear that somewhere. That's amazing. Well, Tommy, 
obviously you you do seem to know it really really well you've picked up on some of the subtleties already you know 16 wheel mm-hmm. birth 16 wheel bertha absolutely what a gal um so well why not tell us about the, the opening number um obviously you know we, it's called we are connected um yes. and yeah just just tell us all tell us all about it yes you know it really well. so um we we are connected um, was really revolutionary for its time. Rob Roy was one of the first musicals to kind of anthropomorphize trains. Yeah. Um, you have Bertha, of course, but you have all of the different train cars as well. Um, Stan, Leroy, um, Jenkins, <laughs> and uh, Sally, the caboose. Um, and we'll get to her later, of course. I mean, um, obviously. And, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber thinks he did it first with uh, Starlight Express, but this was the first time. So yep. Bertha and Stan Leroy Jenkins and uh, Sally, yep. um, they all come out as they're in the train yard and getting prepared for this long journey. And they sing, we are connected, mm-hmm. just like as all train cars are. And it's, you know, it's a really inspiring number, I think. And it, it kind of alludes to the... Um, you know, I think the, the through line of this whole show that w- we do all exist as one, like train cars on a steam locomotive. Yeah. We are connected. Yeah. They're really, really hanging with those big themes right from yeah, the start. Yeah, exactly. Right from the and start. I, I, That's amazing. I do notice you you omitted the parentheticals before. This song is Choo Choo, We Are Connected. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. But that's which, you know, it. there's been debate about that for years since the original and the revival. Do you include the Choo Choo? Do you I not know. include the Choo Choo? I personally go without it. Yeah. I just like the that's... straight up, We Are Connected. That way yeah, there's no, no ambiguity. You know exactly what you're talking about. And also it's, it's mar- marketable beyond the musical. I guess that's true. You don't it's you don't important. want to hear Celine Dion singing "Choo Choo." We are connected. <laughs> no, we do not. But just normal. We are connected. Probably okay. Exactly. Absolutely. It's such a such a good number. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So obviously we are connected. Great opening. Um. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about uh one of the? I think is this one of my favorites. Yeah, it was definitely the first one that that really resonated with me. Oh yes. Oh, I know exactly the you one you're thinking of. Yeah. Or the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the Lee. Or the Lee. Or the Lee. Let me... Or the Lee. I'm so glad that that one moves you as much as it moves me. Like, first time um, I heard it. First yeah. time. So, or, or the Lee, we um, meet business tycoon, um, Mr. Monopoly. Um, he owns a giant spaghetti business. Mm-hmm. Um, Italian, you know, Mr. right? Monop- he's Italian. He's Italian, Monopoly. Yeah. Um, and... He he has to make a decision, Jimmy. He's getting on old berth with Rob Roy at the at the helm, mm-hmm. um, and he can't decide: is he going to take his spaghetti fortune with him on this journey, mm-hmm. or the Lee, his girlfriend Lee? Mm-hmm. And he just can't. You know, oh, uh, mamma mia! Oh, will I uh, take uh, my spaghetti, or will I take the Lee? You know, it's yeah. really a moving song, and you're you're right there with him. Like yeah. he's got all this spaghetti that he wants to transport by train, yep. but then. Lee seems like a nice gal. And interestingly, Lee doesn't sing at all in this show. She never talks, she I never know. sings. She just kind of she's really an enigma. She's really a mystery. Yeah. And it's quite as I mean it's good it gives good staging opportunities and things like that with 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 Lee. Um, yeah. And you know, lots of nonverbal communication there. Yeah. Um now tell us tell us a bit about why because it's obviously really, really important why he he gives her the the definite article. It's you know, it's not just Lee, it is the Lee. So tell, right. tell us yes. why he chooses to do that. So uh, that's, you know, been... Um, I, I think people have talked about this for a long time. And depending upon who you ask, you might come up with different answers. Mm. I really think that he's chosen the definite article for the Lee because, well, there's there's the comparison to the spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of this objectification of the both of them. Right, and and yeah. I, I think there's something nice about that objectification. It's not downplaying. It's mm. saying that he cares about the spaghetti as much as he cares about the Lee. But mm. I also, I do think, Jimmy, some of it is just a, a, a way to kind of shoehorn that rhyme in. Oh, and so you really? get the same, same kind of scanning there, yeah. And I think that might have been the initial decision. And a lot of the, a lot of the analytical... Um, 
uh, uh, academic talk around the definite article in or the Lee yeah. um, has been manufactured when really this is just kind of a cheat, a, a lyrical cheat, if uh, you will. It can be quite disappointing. And that's that's one of the reasons why I fell out of favor with it after mm-hmm. the initial listen. Um, that make, but that makes a lot of right. sense. And honestly, some of the... Some of the um, academia that's gone around this this number this number in particular is is really beautiful um yes. i know the new york library has a fair few um there's tomes. a whole yeah. a whole section yeah. just dedicated to oh the lee yeah um n- not to mention all of rob roy and its analysis and discussion this is this is a deep show jay yeah. i'm glad we finally have a chance to talk about i know it exactly exactly because we just it, it, it it's too i don't know it's just too much for a happy hour exactly it's too much but it does it seems it seems so us you know absolutely i mean we're connected we like spaghetti yeah we've been you used to be called leroy i used to be called sal yep and jenkins one of my best friends can't forget about jenkins he's the he's the dining car jenkins likes to eat it's a funny joke they play you know he's always got like food in his hands the spaghetti number with jenkins Oh, so funny. It is. So funny. So great. Because, of course, spoiler alert, Mr. Monopoly chooses the spaghetti and they leave the Lee um, back in New York. Um, And, of course, they put all the spaghetti inside of Jenkins. And, you know. (laughs) He has the best. Jenkins loves it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting how they do the the kind of stage, how he eats. Yeah. Obviously, being a, a train car. Um, yeah, it's, it's really quite well. Cool. It was it was it was quite the the budget suck on this production. I they know. had to boil something like two hundred pounds of spaghetti each night for every production. That yeah. was real spaghetti they used back in the nineteen twenties. Exactly, because people when Skylight did it, um, yeah, they were like, "Oh, look, she's you know cooking on stage. How revolutionary!" I'm sorry, it had been done. It had been done back in <sighs> Rob Roy. Yep, yeah. those are the days. Um, fantastic. Well, I think it's time to, I guess, really get into the meat of the show now. Okay? Absolutely, um, absolutely. We're obviously talking about Annabelle number six. Annabelle number six. Annabelle well, number six. You know, there's an interesting story behind this. Um, the title of this number, Ginny. Ginny. Yeah, it's not. It, it's not a story motivated thing. Mm. The um. The authors of this show actually had written five different versions of the song oh, um, right. before they got to Annabelle number six, and it's kind of a a meta theatrical reference, um, wow. you know, and callback. But it, that doesn't play too much into the song. Annabelle was Rob Roy's old train mm-hmm. before Big Birth, um, and Rob Roy and Annabelle, you know, it's it's a great memory song it's a down home mm. country song you know, like me and my annabelle oh she would drive so well and talking about you know the time they used to have as like a local commuter train in new york but you know well jenny that annabelle didn't 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 make it she she broke down she skipped the track and fell over and the breakdown train couldn't handle her yeah. and so you know it, it, it's kind of a sad song, but it's hopeful too, yeah. because it's about um, Rob Roy's dream for his, you know, new friend, new train, yeah. Bertha. Bertha, um, who, of course, you know, we missed the townspeople song where they're all about like, oh, this train will never make it, but mm-hmm. he, Rob Roy's going to pilot it in memory of Annabelle, which we really, you really get down to his heart in this song. You really truly do. It's it's. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. And so you were saying, obviously, this is the the kind of sixth version of yes. that um do you want to maybe because i know you know it really well do you want to maybe mm-hmm. sing us some from what annabelle 2 that that's probably oh, my yeah. favorite well see annabelle 2 if if you listen to it the, it was kind of a a, a dixieland jazz number mm-hmm. um which didn't really kind of have the the right sort of mood and tone for this kind of memory exactly. of like a train this, that's it's basically a, it's a dead. poignant moment as well yeah but but i do understand why you enjoy it because it is so jumpy mm. uh you know it's like annabelle oh she's great annabelle never wait for annabelle always on time annabelle the train but you know 
It doesn't when the transition to her dying didn't really fit I know. in uh, Annabelle too. You can see why it took them a long time to get this song right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I th- I quite liked the the kind of sharp transition. I thought it was very like you know me in the sky style. Yeah, it just comes out of nowhere, left field. Yeah, um, yeah, might have been too ahead of its time. You know, maybe if they. Maybe if we if we see this on Broadway soon, and you know we we have a habit of hitting shows that make it to Broadway. Yeah, um, that's true. Maybe they'll bring back Annabelle two or three, and you know, gosh, that'd be do so that whole good. Actually, revival. wouldn't that be fun? I'd love that. Maybe just bring them all yeah. back. Just, just do a, like a whole mega mix. Yeah, Annabelle one through six, oh. the mega mix. Oh. You already got a built-in rhyme there. It's done. That might it's be done. it. At we least, might have to. At least we might have to write someone. At least some bonus tracks on the cast. Shortly. At least some bonus. Yeah, get get Adina Menzel to sing it or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so, well, I think it's time to talk about one of the show's biggest dance numbers. Because obviously this is early days. We were so big into our dance, you know. Exactly. Um, This show is no exception. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the big trade numbers, the things that they're doing. Like you say, Starlight Express, eat your heart out. No, it's crazy. And with people in train suits and people playing the people on the trains and how do they intermix? Exactly. Exactly. But it was really believable. It, you know, I mean, it was. I you totally saw them really, on that train. They strove for just reality and yeah. like realistic and realism in theater with this yeah. show. Just so so impressive. Um, so yeah, so one of the the kind of biggest show stopping dance numbers. He's a magician. He's a magician, of course. You know, when I was younger, I always used to skip over on my grandma's gramophone. Mm. He's the magician because it's it's hard to visualize it. Um, but I, I think it's really grown on me in my old age, especially you know talking about musical theater and yeah. kind of learning to appreciate these things more. Um, but so he's the magician. It's this rousing number, and it starts from the tiniest of places. Mm. Um, Mr. Monopoly mm-hmm. is, you know, sleeping inside uh, Jenkins, 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 um, to guard over his spaghetti. His spaghetti, exactly. Yeah. And wakes up one morning, and the spaghetti is gone. <gasps> oh, it just gives me tingles. Yeah, I literally got tingles. Where the spaghetti was is Rob Roy. He's taking a break from piloting Bertha just to eat breakfast. But of course, it's a big confusion, and Monopoly thinks Rob Roy ate all the spaghetti for breakfast. And he's like, oh, uh, how could you do that? Eat all the spaghetti for breakfast? You must be a magician. And Rob Roy's like, no, 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 I'm just a, an old train conductor. And he's like, no, no, you are a magician. Yeah. He's the magician, the magician. And you know the rest. <laughs> and it ends in a I big, do. like, and so then all the other train passengers, you know, poke their head and they're like, oh, what's, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. Oh, this man, he's a magician. <gasps> he's a magician. And, you know, we end up in a dance number with a snap of your fingers it's so good it's so good and actually so right you've mentioned some of the other train passengers um, yes tell of us course. a little bit about them well um we've got um little peggity sue um yeah. they peggity is kind of a name that's fallen out of favor um since the ni- 1920s but uh-huh. if you if you walked around new york in like 1918 or 1919 and just shouted out peggity um yeah. Every little girl would turn their heads because, you know, you couldn't throw a stone without hitting a Peggy in the face. Exactly. Um, I mean, that's where the incidentally, phrase comes from. They, well, and there, it's a, in this show, it's a double entendre because Peggy Sue has a peg leg. Um, <laughs> Which is just in He's the Magician when Peggy Sue has her own little tap solo right yeah. in the middle of it. You're just cheering her on. Yeah. Like, just look at that leg and that stump go. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but so we have Peggy Sue and her mother, yeah. Sean. Um, again, yeah. very strange naming conventions. I never figured out quite why she was to called Sean. Yeah, um, I, think, um, I think it's Irish. Yeah, I would believe that. Yeah. Um, so uh, Sean and Peggy Sue are uh, also on this train together. They're actually a little starstruck by mm. seeing Mr. Monopoly mm. on their train because Peggy Sue goes, Oh, Mama, that's the man from the pasta boxes. And she goes, Now don't point, Peggy Sue. It's bad manners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of have that like nice little interaction with yeah. uh, Monopoly. 
Um, it's it's really sweet. Yeah. I think they're they're a nice you know secondary couple. They were they were played by a, a comedy vaudeville duo of the time, not by a child and a mother, but like yeah. it was two adult men um, playing these roles, and so. You know, there's some comedy there in mm-hmm. the drag um, of it all. There's it, That was their shtick. That was just kind of what they did. Yeah, they were called F- Flamiel and Flamiel were the performers' names. The um, Flamiel brothers. The Flamiel brothers. Yeah. You, Of course you remember them. Yeah, of course. Um, like, some of my biggest and, choreography inspirations, actually, are the Flamiel brothers. Yeah, and, you know, Johnny Flamiel with his peg leg. And that's why, you know, this part was written for him yep. of Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue. So this was really, I think... Not quite their big break, but this is where they really, really started landing in that musical theater kind of Thunderdome. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, what career they had. Yeah. From then on. What was their other big one that they did? Oh, of course. The Flamiel Brothers. Jimmy, I'm surprised you don't remember this. They were in um, Your Arugula is Mine. Yes. Your, uh, Your yeah. Rugula is mine. Such a such a great show too. It's really I think they branched out. That was their Ethel Merman Mama Rose moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. You know, it was revealed that um Phil Flamiel actually didn't have a peg leg in that show and it was like a shtick the whole time. Um and and he came out with both of his legs yeah. and the audience is like <gasps> Yeah, I know. And then, you know, he sang about arugula. Yeah, but it was, really quite, it was quite controversial that one, so it was quite short lived. Um, maybe yeah, maybe we'll do that true. on Unsung Heroes one day as well. Maybe maybe we will. Yeah. Your arugula is mine. Yeah, one. Yeah, two. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. It's worth discussion though. It really is. But sure. that's another show. We're we're talking about Rob Roy today. <laughs> exactly. We really are. Um, so obviously we do get some hijinks after the you know some farcical moments after the dance obviously. break. Obviously, um, because where has the spaghetti actually gone? Well, that's the question. And obviously we find out in the mm-hmm. next number, Children of the Mist. The Children of the Mist. This is a terrifying song, Jimmy. Um, it happens almost, at least by my memory, and it's been a little while since I've seen this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Children of the Mist happens almost immediately after he's the magician. Yeah. Um, and Big Birth has has gotten into the number because they have the the um, train cars and the train dance along with. Mm-hmm. But suddenly, the whole train comes to a grinding stop, and the um, all the lights on the train flicker. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and they turn off, and the whole theater is plunged into blackness. And this was one of the first examples of sound design in theater. They didn't have amplified sound at the time, but they employed a bunch of orphans um, to create sound effects throughout the house. So you got like a surround sound experience. And so they extinguish all the lights in the house, and you just hear from the shadows. And it's the Children of the Mist. It's this really spooky song that happens entirely in blackout. Yeah. Um, and it's really, I think calling it a song might be a bit of an exaggeration. Mm. It's more of like a, a soundscape yeah, experience. Yeah, like a sonic experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's some some rhythmicness mm. to it. Um, the slurping, and they definitely, the slurping, really, the slurping yeah. and the, the children laughing, and there's a round to it all. Mm. Um, but it's really terrifying. Yeah. Um, and the whole song happens, and it's just, you know, it's very nonverbal. There, there aren't any words in it, mm-hmm. but then the lights snap back on. Everyone's just kind of where they were, and Rob Roy looks at... Um, Mr. Monopolian goes, oh, it's the children of the mist. Yeah. And blackout. And then that's where we hit intermission, actually. Yeah. Um, to just leave you on that cliffhanger. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's so tense. Now, obviously, yeah. um, the second act yeah. speeds through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually, I've only picked one song from the second act. Of course, because it's it's a little you know there's oh mayhem ensues, but I, I think it's not quite as well constructed as Act One. It's definitely not. It's, I feel like they almost intended it to be a one act, but obviously moving on to, to Broadway, they had to stretch right. out a bit, so they added they had to in flush a couple, it out a little bit. Yeah. You know, a couple of other silly couple little tuners numbers. here and yeah. there. Um, but really, it's it's all about uh, linking Rob Roy mm-hmm. with these spooky children of the mist absolutely how does he know how did they get there what happened to the spaghetti exactly which is all explained in the penultimate number bal Uh quitter bal quitter oh it's such you know i really think it 
sums up this show um, in a way that no other song can. Mm. Because you have so many of these loose ends. Like, will Mr. Mr. Monopoly get his spaghetti to Philadelphia? Uh, What happened to Lee, his wife? Um, You know, will Rob Roy prove all the townspeople wrong by piloting Big Bertha? Um, Will uh, Pegali make it who knows and it comes together in ball quitter um just just wonderfully um monopoly has obviously gone into a rage because his life savings of spaghetti is missing yeah and he's taking it out on everyone and he, he's he's kind of taken control over the train and he's like i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop at this train uh until we find my spaghetti um in my totally totally appropriate italian accent which isn't offensive at all no Um, but you're just being authentic you know that's true because it was exactly it it sounds like on a cash recording it was played by a british actor too who uh, was equally as bad as me um but so he's he's kind of locked himself in the in the conductor's cabins, and Rob Roy is on the other side of the door yeah. and is is trying to convince him like, hey man, you know this is this is really important to all of us, and we really we really are going to need your help to to um, make this trip a success. Mm-hmm. And Rob Roy goes back and actually continues the dream story he began to tell with Annabelle from the very beginning they were on their way to ball kentucky Mm. um it was you know a long journey for a new york commuter train um but rob roy he was he was a maverick he sure was (laughs) and um he you know annabelle doesn't seem like she's going to be able to to make it she's she's not going to be able to pull through and he's like hey we're going to make it to ball kentucky you can't be a ball quitter here um, yeah. We're just gonna have to make this journey complete, and so we kind of hear that ball quitter turn into like a, a, a metaphor of you know moving forward and, and not being a quitter and yeah. not giving up on something. Yeah. And it turns into a beautiful duet between Monopoly and Rob Roy, yeah. um, where you know they were ball quitter, I will not be a ball quitter. I even need to use the shitter, and so I must leave this train compartment. It's really moving. It's strange strange that, again, we've been a little scatological in this musical, but maybe that'll just be an unsung hero's trope. I think it is, Um, but I think it's just... I think if you really look at any musical, mm -hmm. you'll see the poo. That could be our slogan, Jimmy. Yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it. And it's, it's there. It's there. So what a beautiful, beautiful way to kind of round off an extremely exciting It, it really is. Musical. You know. And then, um, and then of course, um, they find the spaghetti. Yeah. Um, it, it just so happened that um, Pegali had been hiding it. Um, yeah. And this Children of the Mist was actually a, a concoction of her mind. And she just thought it was a little fun game that she was going to play. Yeah. Um, and her mother, Sean, is, of course, not pleased, but in that, like, oh, you kind of way. I know. And so you can't, Monopoly you can't be annoyed is, at Pegali. Right. And, you know, Bertha arrives in the station in Philadelphia. Um, Monopoly is reunited with Lee, who actually walked the whole way there because the train took a long time. Um, and, you know, they and they have a big spaghetti feast in honor of the uh, wonderful time they had on uh, the on 16-wheeler berth. Yeah, so good. And at the heart of it all is obviously Rob Roy. Rob Roy, <laughs> obviously. Of course. Exactly. Well, yeah. Tommy, thank you so much for taking us through that because that was thank you. It's what a, a beautiful trip it, down memory lane. It's amazing this musical isn't popular with more people. I know. It really has a, I know. a, a through line of a plot and um you know, there's just nothing extra in it. It's it all it all needs to it be all there. yeah, really and highly experimental for its time. <laughs> Very, especially for the twenties. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really paved the way, paved the track. The it real, really the it really laid track. the track. Put down those ties for those future shows. Okie dokie. So, <laughs> I'm 100% right. It's, yeah, it's this literally exactly that. It. Yeah, even the date, 1920. Um, so, no, you couldn't be more wrong. Um, but that somehow okay. pleases me. <laughs> yes. Um, do you know who Rob Roy is? He sounds Scottish or Irish. Yes. And, and I also 
Oh, between oh the Lee and Ball Quitter, which I think I've misread some of these Ever things. Ever so slightly. <laughs> uh, seems like like he's something from the Highlands up there somewhere. Yes, indeed. So Rob Roy, uh, and I was quite worried that he might be more of an American treasure. No, never heard of him. Um, no. You know, like our Mel Gibson, William Wallace style um, thing. Okay. You know, you know. Uh-huh. have you seen Braveheart? Yes. It's a like, documentary, pretty much. But, but they just filmed it. It's just, <laughs> literally, that's it. Um, so, no, but we're, we're, getting, we're going back to those times. Um, Rob okay. Roy uh, was one of the kind of heroes of the Jacobite Rebellion. Ah, which you'll so know I was all off about. by a couple centuries. Just one or four, um, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, so, basically, this is kind of a chronicling of the, the end of his life. Um, mm-hmm. Rob okay. Roy, the musical, um, and actually the reason the reason why I chose it is because mm-hmm. um, so I've I've kind of spoken about this before in the main podcast, but one of the things that always upsets me is that there's not enough Scottish musical theatre. Ah, right, is this Scottish musical theatre. This is Scottish musical theatre through and through. It's <laughs> hilarious. It is fantastic and it's a great example and it's much more authentic than Brigadoon. No way. I refuse to believe that. To believe Brigadoon that that's even possible. also a documentary. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> but do you want to know what the coolest thing about this is? Absolutely. <laughs> the original production um, so it premiered at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2006. Uh-huh. Um, okay. The original production was directed by Len Carew. No way! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which oh, is hilarious. That's so wonderful. Yeah, so it's a group of um, Canadians. Have that, you, mm-hmm. Side note, have you ever Googled Len Carrier's teeth? Uh, yeah, well, we've done this together before. Oh, we have done this yeah. together. Okay. They're uh, beautiful. Great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what friends do. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so it's a group from Canada. It was written by a guy called um, David Warwick. Okay. Uh, and he did book, music, and lyrics. Wow, he he pulled a, a Lynn Malloy. He did indeed. He did indeed. He knows what he's doing. Um, and but apparently he's one of Canada's most produced composers. Oh, good for him! So good on you, David Warwick. Um, I'm based on this so far. I'm surprised I don't know the show. Well, no, no, you're okay. You're fine. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't exist beyond the end of Revenge in 2006. Okay. So. I'd, I'd be surprised if you knew it. Um, so, yeah, well, apparently they did try and mount a production in Canada, but uh-huh. the recession or something made it all fail. So, okay. Well, there you go. Huh. Ah, but I love that it takes a Canadian to write a Scottish musical. No, it takes a Canadian for a lot of things. Absolutely. Um, so, let's go through... <laughs> Let's let's go through this. So obviously, um, you you did you picked out the right main character, Rob Roy. Correct. I was glad he was a person. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, because I wonder because there is so um, there's like obviously the movie with Jessica Lang and I think Liam uh-huh. Neeson. Um, okay. And there's also like an opera. Um, okay. Because there, I could also see like Rob Roy being a place. Yeah, well, that's what I thought you were going to... Because see when you said Rebroi, I was like, I've got him. <laughs> I don't know where this is going to go. He doesn't say, but, he's um, but there's also a cocktail, like a Rob Roy. Um, oh, no way. Yeah, which is like a whiskey cocktail. Um, which Maybe that'll made... make an intro sometime soon. Yes. Hey, it should. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that I think the cocktail was made in honour of the opera. Okay. So there you go. Um, okay, so uh, let's start by listening to a bit of we are connected mm-hmm. so you were close with the trains <laughs> you got the idea of connection uh-huh. well done for pulling that out <laughs> uh, there so this is this is um the opening there's a there's an a bagpipe prelude kind of like of um, the organ prelude in sweeney but Naturally. bagpipes because we're scottish in it um so this is we are connected enjoy From the future through the present to the past By a line unbroken Fathers to daughters and 
the father's two sons understand though there's no word spoken one needs the other to be one needs the other to see that none are forgotten the stories remain one needs the other alive history will only survive at those hills that we fought on all our loves and our pain are I am into this. Are you hooked? Are you hooked? I I am. I I will say, fathers are connected to daughters, and fathers are connected to sons. Mothers are not involved. No mothers to daughters, father. But I think just I think she moved away from the mic when in during the recording. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we might be making some assumptions here. Just only fathers involved. That's what it was like in the the Jacobite days, though. Um, So yeah, does does everyone sing like they're leading a séance in? In Scotland, yeah, that's in how Scotland? we that's how we do things. Yeah, you okay. need to come visit because it's just all it's all that. But just I mean, like seance in terms all of, the time, yeah, in terms of like uh, orchestrations and stuff, I think it is is nice and fo- like authentically folky. You know, what I yeah, mean? it it um, sounds fun. Yeah. Um, so and basically, the song itself is just about legacy and um, the importance yeah. of telling stories and. and you know, carrying on tradition, etc. Like the story of Rob Roy. Just like the story of Rob Roy. Exactly. So, and um, then we get to Or the Lee. Uh-huh. Which I imagine is not or it's not the or the conjunction, it but it's be. over the abbreviation. It is indeed correct. <laughs> Good. Um, I'm quite sad there's no anthropomorphized trains in this or Italian men, I must say. Um but Or the Lee is a lovely jaunty I assume dance number. Uh-huh. And you'll hear why. Um, I'm actually going to play you the whole track because it's one minute okay. and 27 seconds long. I'm excited. So there I'll, you go. I'll dance along with it. I would like you to show me some dance. Well, you, you can you can picture it, listeners. Yeah. How great a dancer I am. Exactly. Maybe in the future we'll do like a, vid- a video podcast. When we go <laughs> to full screen, that's when uh, we can make this happen. So here is Or the Lee. You ready? Yes. We can pass all the laws and pretend that we're beaten But we all know better and one day they'll see For every man that they've taken another Stronger and eager will come for the lead Is this Scrooge McDuck? Yes we gather their armies with crisp fancy uniforms We won't be Uniform. frightened, they are destiny Is to believe that whatever befalls us Another proud Scotsman will come orderly To be so jaunty. Exactly. <laughs> this is a, a running theme of Rob Roy, by the way. Was expertly done, Jimmy. Um, well done. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you'll find that that's a theme contrasting like, content to to music. A, am I am I reading this song right? For every like war man they send across, we'll send across another yes. or the Lee. Yes, uh-huh. and like I we think... will fight them for everyone who dies. I'm pretty sure that the Lee is like uh, a river. But okay, I just... believe that. I, I, I think that's right. You mean it's not the fiance slash slash wife of a um a spaghetti tycoon? It's not. No, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. It's an open field or meadow. Okay, so there you go. Um, so yeah, so that, but I think it's like um. In fact, interesting, you were talking a bit about like sectarianism in sports, as uh-huh. we do. Um, so I, I think it's like that kind of idea of like a group of lads getting together and be like, here, we're going to hump you um, <laughs> kind of thing. It's like, it's like black and red. It's, you know, 
It's the we will continue to fight them. Yeah, song. exactly. Like a rousing number, but it just happens yeah. to be a little like light jaunty Kaylee with some clapping. Exactly. I just love that the claps are they put in the claps there, so you know that this is a dance number that they are indeed clapping between all men. So tell you a little bit about the actual story of Rob Roy. Yeah. So basically, he was a landowner. Okay. Um, and uh, borrowed some money uh, in order to start uh, like a cattle farm. Uh, he was okay. very good with cattle. Um, so he borrowed money from uh, the Duke of Montrose. Um, okay. And basically, so the uh, he'd lent, or he, I think he'd like given the money to someone who worked for him or something. I don't know. Um, and that guy had then run away with the money. And so okay. the Duke of Montrose then started like a manhunt on Rob Roy and he became uh, an outlaw. Um, uh-huh. And like this spanned over like 10 years. So um, he's like an outlaw of legend at that point. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and so he was always pursued. Sometimes he was captured, but he would always escape. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, but it was always kind of for the, the Jacobite cause. Um, mm-hmm. And that, basically that just means they didn't like the English. Got it. That's what you need okay. to know about that word. Um, and he also had his um, lover, probably wife, uh, Mary McGregor. Can't get more ah. of a Scottish name than that. Um, uh-huh. And you kind of see their their relationship twinkle through. Okay. Um, okay, so moving on to Annabelle number six. <laughs> I'm so curious. So sorry, that was a kind of um, purposeful curveball. So there are actually uh-huh. seven Annabelles in the total in the uh, show. Are they are these transitions? These are tran- transitory songs sung by Annabelle, who is a woman, I think. Again, yeah, like not same, a, not a train. No, sadly not. Um, <laughs> but same with the change. There's not vast amounts of reading material yeah. on this. <laughs> I think this will probably be a theme in Unsung Heroes. <laughs> Lots of conjecture, um, but yeah. no, this is Annabelle, and she she kind of so she's the same woman that that opened up. Um, we are connected. And she, oh, she's, she's the seance of, leader. She's the seance leader, yeah. That's probably okay. what she is. Um, so <laughs> here is Annabelle number six. This is my favourite one. Okay, and you'll kind of, again, very short, play the whole thing, 26 seconds. Um, you'll kind of get an idea of uh, her tone. a little advice from Annabelle when you hide in a cave make sure it's not populated by the people pursuing you (laughs) so that's well worth a whole song isn't it I'm going to make that my ringtone. I think um, you should. Um, so these are, are, um, are all of her songs filled with very banal advice. Yes, or just like <laughs> um, we're going from this location to this location. Da da da. That's it. That would be da, it. Da, yeah, da. exactly. But interestingly enough, they do all sound different. It's not like oh, it's Annabelle's theme. They do all sound, <laughs> but they're all equally. So they they chose that theme specifically for the Don't Hide in a Cave transition. Yes, exactly. Because it's very (laughs) cave-like. Yeah, there you go. Jinx. Um, So that's (laughs) Annabelle, and she pops up. I don't think she actually serves any purpose in the story. I think she is just our narrator. Um, All right. But she's probably a good comedy character. I I I imagine. get some chuckles. I could could picture a young Angela Lansbury playing Annabelle. She'd she'd be great, Tommy. She'd be (laughs) absolutely fantastic. Um, Uh So sadly, no Peggy Sue. um, But we do um, then go into He's a Magician. So now you know, I'm interested though. Now he's you know, a magician he's or he's a, the magician? He's a, yeah. Uh, okay, um, I might have written down he's the magician again with my definite article. Yeah, well, you know, it's a big theme in, in uh, Rob Roy, <laughs> the, the train musical. Uh, so now you know about Rob Roy, the actual Is this about musical. like him escaping? Yeah, it is pretty much. So I've been trying to find out who sings this. Um uh-huh. And I can't work out what the character is. The only thing okay. I've seen is that he's a balladeer. Okay. But that doesn't make sense. 
No. At all. Uh, Especially with Annabelle already being... Uh, Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, but he's definitely against Rob Roy. Okay. So, we'll we'll work it out, I guess. (laughs) Um, Here is... He's a magician. Now, this is our this is a big this is our Candor and Ebb style. You know, this is the one where it's like David Warwick is stretching his writing muscles. Mm, okay. Okay. Just listen for some great lyrical. I'm excited genius. to hear what rhymes with magician. Well, lower your estimations. He's a magician. Oh, sorry. I will just say he's gone up the octave. He starts down the <laughs> octave, but he's gone up. Ah. For He's a magician without the key. <laughs> ha! He's a magician. He will escape. Right. Bottomless may be your pet. There'll be something in his kit that will let the wizard flee before you can declare his history. He's a magician. He does it well. He's a magician. He'll cast a spell. And you'll feel disgust as you're forced to eat his magic dust. Do not give him any breaks. Throw him in a vat of snakes. He has got the stuff it takes. He's a magician. Oh, that's fun. He's a magician. The best bed. Oh man, I was gonna discount that, but breaks, snakes, and was it takes? takes. Yep. That's Great a good accent there, Tommy. Well done. Thank you. you, thank you. I've been yeah. practicing. Um, I'm I'm always in for a good surprise triple rhyme, especially when you've been setting me up with double rhymes. But then a rhyme that only works in brogue. Yep. Gotta love I guess it. Actually, breaks, snakes, and takes. They do. Yeah, it's they not do. that good. Um, yeah, the other one, which I already forgot, doesn't work. No, <laughs> I mean, so I've, I do have them here. Hang on. Um, I hand-typed these lyrics. That's how dedicated <laughs> I am. It's, I had to do the same thing for the change. Yeah. Um, for a bunch of places. So, yeah, I mean, there's loads in there. Um, uh, he's a magician. He'll get away. Now you see him. Now you can't. Yes, of course. Uh, yet, of course, you're vigilant. Okay. Yep. Huh. Um, but you're up against the best. He'll have you looking east as he goes west. Ooh. Oh. Um, <laughs> he's a magician and you are not. He's a magician. There is no not. That he mm. can't undo. Uh, okay. Right? Or a door he can't go through. Tie him He's to a the magician. No. Yep. Oh. Um, yeah, they do this a lot as well of like, there is no not he can't und- like, uh, you know, Finishing the line at the next yes, sentence. Which or the sentence at the next line. Yeah. Works well for poetry. Not so well <laughs> for lyric. No, like um, maybe once in a lyric. Yeah. Yep. But he does, and I find this very impressive, um, loves a challenge, give him one, toss him in a garrison. Ooh, I think that's fun. Any inclusive, in, including of Garrison in your in your yeah. show is. is I am impressive. disappointed they didn't rhyme anything with magician. Yes, no, that's just far too much, Tommy. Not a mortician. That would be good. Doesn't have to audition. Yep, but then you're being anachronistic, and you know, we're not here hey, for that. We, we're here. We for, are all connected, Jimmy. We oh, so fathers true. and sons and fathers and daughters. Yep. Um, but the one that I don't quite understand, throw him uh-huh. in a vat of snakes. I don't know whether that's like an Indiana Jones reference or... I mean, you wouldn't want to be thrown in a vat of snakes, would you? No, but we're in Scotland. We don't have snakes. So... Is it because St. Patrick drove them all out or is that just an Irish thing? That would be just an Irish uh, thing. Maybe he went for a quick jaunt over and just picked up some snakes. To f- There's On probably the some deep backstory there that I'm yeah. just. You'd I'm think just it would actually be the other way around. You would have more snakes 
because they were all driven away away yeah who knows i'm sure someone out there will tell us um so yeah that was obviously the fantastic he's a magician beautiful rhymes there um Uh now we're moving into children of the mist so this is actually i mean to be honest i really like the sound of your children in the mist i love a good sonic (laughs) experience very dave malloy um this is a bit more traditional but another good example of music not necessarily matching content um, ah okay so i'm just going to preface this by saying this is a, a battle song okay and the pipers were piping and the swords were drawn and again they marched in the first light of dawn and the battle to end all the battles began very gentle then yes There's more to come, many more, huh. but never enough. Not this time. Come on then, after if them! You're fighting just one, and you're fighting us all. Every daughter and son will respond to the call. Rob, where are the Spanish? We sent them to shore up the left flank. We didn't want the redcoats getting behind us. Bloody hell, they're everywhere! <laughs> my favorite i just i only held on that long just for that guy he said bloody hell everywhere. just great i mean you have to remember these people are canadian yeah so this is impressive that they can do scottish accents yes um, not many can, they can it is, what it's a very complex meter that's in like six or like 12 or something yeah yeah which is i don't know I that's to, a battle song like they fight bat- on stage yeah, so, well i don't i don't really know it's not like we're in the village nearby while the battle battle's happening <sighs> over there or something. no i think it's very much like we are the we are the children of the mist we are the ones who will fight against the uprising blah blah blah, blah. um uh-huh. and yeah i'm intrigued to see how that was staged by Lane Carrier. um but there is some great the rain like they're a lovely internal rain of proud and surrounding and i know it's not exact but i really yeah, appreciate it you yeah. know, uh, so that's one of my faves. I really like Children of the Mist. Um, and then we finally find our way uh, to Balquitter. I think again, I may have misinterpreted the name of this song. I think you might have slightly, um, but if you, if you tell you what, Tommy, if you can spell Balquitter. Oh God! Does it have like a G H in it or something? There's no G H, um, but there is an H. Uh, so if you can spell Balquitter, I will nope. Nope. concede no points instantly. Here. Nope. Just give it a go. Uh, Just give it a little go. B- yeah, correct. B- o. Nope. <laughs> B-A. Yep. U-H. Mm. B-A-H. B-A. We're this just going to stop the most exciting there, part so of the podcast. It really is Tommy spelling. <laughs> um, so B-A-L-Q-U. H I D D E R. Balquitter. I think that's easy. You know? Um, So it's actually a place in Scotland. Okay. um, And was the death place of Rob Roy and Mary McGregor. Mm. And you can go visit their grave in Balquitter. Are people always singing when you go there? Oh, we're just singing everywhere you go. Okay. Yeah. I I forget that that's a Scottish thing. Exactly. It's what we get up to. Um, So it's in Stirlingshire. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So yes, when you when you eventually come over to Scotland, we'll we'll take a trip mm-hmm. there because I know you'll really want to see it. Absolutely. Um, so and I will sing my song about Rob Roy, the train conductor, the ball quitter, the ball quitter. <laughs> Is there actually a place called Ball? Where was it? Ball? No, Kentucky. No, I don't think so. Ball, Kentucky. Um, I believed you though. Well done. <laughs> you were very thank convincing. You, thank you. Um, so Rob Roy has now died. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really... Did he die in the battle? Uh, no, he didn't, actually. Oh. Which you'd think, you know, that would... It'd be more dramatic. Yeah, exactly. But no, he just left and went to Belquid. Because oh. he got um, uh, reprieved mm. of the crime eventually. Um, Got it. And then just lived out the rest of his life in bulk. bulk doing event. magic at children's parties. Just doing magic. He loves it for the children of the mist. Um, so this is post-death, um, okay. where he's reunited with Mary, who died before him. Um, it's a lovely little love ballad. Who's Mary? Oh, his love. His love. It seems yeah, like Mary. only yeah. yesterday That's we Mary. spoke of growing old. Who'd have thought it would arrive? To find a son prepared One day we simply turned around And felt a kind of cold We'd never felt before So why are we not scared? Perhaps we simply recognise The beauty of this place You look in each direction And the hand of God is there And And you and me together Side by side and face to face Okay, there it is Yeah, exactly Our home They like set me up for a rhyme Right It's like some place something something the hand of god is there there <laughs> <laughs> no no but this is this is what makes me think that um that like you wrote it as a poem do you know because <laughs> yeah. that would kind of that would you know go like an a it'd be B, long right a. and you wouldn't have the added underscoring that like sets you up for this to be a resolution right a re- you resolution know I mean? in the words they're connected yeah. musically but not rhythmic rhythmically <laughs> how'd you say rhythmically rhythmically Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Through rhyme? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Let's not be wankers. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But, hey, some would call that revolutionary. Yep. You know? Um, and also, it's a lovely sentiment. It's very true. But as, as Scots, we, we feel very um, proud of our scenery. Uh, as it should be. It's very pretty. Thank you very much. I've only seen pictures. Yeah. And so we always feel that, you know, everything, the land is touched by God's hand and that is very much there. Mm. And that um, doesn't need to rhyme with space. It doesn't. Absolutely not. Um, and then the show ends with a reprise of We Are Connected, obviously. Of course. Um, so there you go. Uh, and that is Rob Roy, the musical. That sounds not half bad. I might need to go listen to the whole thing. I think it's worth a look. There's some other There's some other nice moments. I feel like I, I picked most of them just because of the titles. Um, yeah. But there's a really good uh, trio um, called Weave a Duty. Really good, really good male trio. You don't get, an, you don't often get a male trio. No. Um, so yeah, I reckon it's on Spotify. Everyone, go check it out. Yeah, um, we'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes too, so exactly. you can click on it right now. Exactly. Um, but the time is to come, Tommy. Time has come for you to lip sync <laughs> for your life and doubt. No. no. Um, so uh, if you go online, you can vote for whose musical was better. Yep. Did you like my musical, Rob Roy, the train conductor of 16-wheel Bertha? Or Jimmy's musical? Rob Roy, the musical. One of the only Scottish musicals in existence. (laughs) And a good example of Scottish musical theatre. It sounds sounds very authentic. Yes, it is. And I applaud them on their accents very much so for for canadians um voting will be on twitter there's a link in the show notes you can go right now and vote and we're we're keeping track of who's winning yep i wonder if it will be me or maybe it will be you (laughs) those do seem like the only (laughs) options don't they (laughs) potentially um yes we'll be back with another unsung hero very very soon but in the meantime have a good life goodbye and remember we're all connected watch out for the children of the mist have you 
ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 